Hey guys, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve. And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge. Let's get on with the show. What's up, guys? Coach Steve here, and welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner. In today's episode, I'm joined with our co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm really well, thanks, Coach Steve. I'm ready to go into really nice, gentle battle. Nice, gentle battle. Well, we don't uh, usually have too many battles because we're generally on the same page, but we've got to make we've got to make something exciting. So I'm getting my sword out. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, what's what's the uh, English language term when um, you know two verbs uh, contrast each other like a gentle battle? Right, you can yeah, have oxy- oxymoron. Oxymoron, oxymoron. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we've got a, we've got a gentle barrel battle. What about something like you know when you say something is true and something is very true, like you know it's just a redundant very true. Yeah. Uh, like what's what's that in language where you're is it just well, the redundant, redundant language? Yeah. Just redundant language. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was I was hoping it was like a fancier term. Well, there's onomatopoeia, but that's nothing. That's nothing to do with it. I just wanted to say onomatopoeia. That's, it's a fancier, fancy version. Uh, so when I was doing my my when I was doing my masters, I used uh, I used Grammarly a lot to help mm-hmm. with my with my masters. Um, and you know, you if you use the premium version, it brings up like lots of grammatical English uh, terms that I like I'd I'd never heard of before. Um, and you know, I'll be like, oh. I'm starting a sentence with the word this, like, you know, and, you know, this then shows something else. And it's like, you know, that that's, that's not the correct way to start a sentence. Uh, and it was, it was really like confronting, like relearning English and relearning these phrases or concepts or stuff around English language that, you know, you take for granted because you speak English, you read English, write English. So you just kind of like know it. Um, but then if you were to learn English as a second language, you know, you'd go and learn all these like, weird and wacky concepts around English that it would just be so, so confusing, you know? Um, mm. Anyway, I, I digress. I'm oh, my dad, out. my dad had to learn English from scratch um, when he came out here from Italy and he still laughs at a lot of different things that yeah. um, are weird. His favorite, and you'll probably edit this out, but um, it's, it's sheep, which is like a sheep, but then he thinks it's a ship. Oh no, that's not the one. Sheet and shit. Yeah, he's like sheet, red sheet and shit. You know, like he just can't tell the difference when people say it. So, oh, oh gosh, love it. Look, Nick, bring it back to Coach's Corner. It's episode number seven, my favorite episode because if you add a T into seven, you get Stephen. So it's oh my great. Gosh. It's going to be a great episode today. Um, but yes. look, Nick. Coach's Corner, we offer our tip for the week. We're going to be doing a oxymoron gentle battle. Mm-hmm. Nick, take us away. Start us off. Uh, what advice do you have for us this week? Well, this is one that you can park and um, keep it with you for the whole challenge. The reason that I'm actually bringing it up now is simply because as we head into this next few weeks, this is where people, the excitement of the challenge has gone a little bit, you know, starting the challenge the grind started to come in. It's also a change in seasons here in Australia. So, um, you know, if you if you're anywhere near Melbourne or you know lower down than that, uh, it starts to feel quite chilly. The motivation is going to go a little bit. And um, for me, I think it's really important to constantly audit what you've learned from the challenge and from each week so then you can actually probably hopefully listen to that actually probably hopefully take some things with you when it's over and I know it doesn't feel like it's anywhere near being over but let me just start 
by saying that it'll pass quickly. So my topic is how to turn your challenge, knowledge and success into long-term success and general life improvement. If, if you guys get all of that from this next, you know, five or six minutes, then um, I'll be wrapped. But um, there are a few things that I think that you should in your life, no matter what, whether this is 12 weeks or, or this is the beginning of the rest of your journey, you should make non-negotiables. So in the challenge, we hope to teach you some things that you can take with you for long-term general health, um, certainly physique improvements as well, but general health that you can come back to. So even when even somebody asked a question today on the forum about something and um, I had to go back and just remind her to make sure that she is looking after general things like stress and sleep and things that actually will come into play when you're trying to build muscle. So let's try and turn the things that we've learned so far into general life success things. So if you go, first one, go to bed earlier. So I don't think you can go wrong with having this habit forever. Now that you're going to say, but that takes away my time. It takes away my YouTube time. It takes away my TV time. But you get so much more out of actually sleeping. Now, of course, if you're going through a phase like Coach Steve, you might go, Coach Nick, you don't know what it's like, you know, to have interrupted sleep and things. So, of course, when you're going through a phase where you don't actually have sleep guaranteed to you, that is really hard. And it's hard to hear somebody saying, go to sleep earlier when you might not be able to. But if you can think about your sleep as these precious hours that you can try and bank up, you know, put them in the bank, no one can take it away from you except for babies. Um, you know, it's something that you can work on and you can think of a strategy. I have sometimes... I. I don't know how optimal this is, but I will have a day nap if I need to because I get up so early and other things happen. So it it depends. You know, I might use my lunch break to have a day nap. Um, you know, I just like to really prioritize sleep because you know what else happens? Um, if you can do that, then your, your mental game will be stronger as well. So it means that you it filters out into the rest of your life. You are a little bit more positive in general. Um, I think that that's fair to say, but also it helps with your hunger levels and your hunger regulation. So nobody really ever thinks of that. But if you're super tired and you haven't slept well, I'll tell you what, you are more likely to reach for sugary things and things that are rarely energy dense just to keep you awake. So if you sort of feel that 3 p.m. kind of slump where you crave that sugar, just audit your sleep. So take that with you. The next one is to base your meals around that lean protein. Now, this particular challenge, we have gone into this a lot. Um, we've made, you've made your, your videos, we've uploaded them, we've made a whole basic library about how to create our meals around the lean protein. And I don't think you can go wrong. So if you always think, okay, that's my base. So say it's a chicken breast, say it's some barramundi, and if you go, well, Barramundi's fancy, you can actually get it frozen in the supermarket. Um, you know, uh, some some nice uh, lean beef and then base it around that. And also a little hack, and this isn't necessarily um, something that, that's going to change your life, but if you can consume that first on your plate, you find that you are less likely to want to snack on everything um, because it fills you up quite well. So, you know, if you if you have a nice piece of steak, I promise you, if you let it settle, you're not going to be super, super hungry after eating that. So that's just a little hack, but 
Basal meals around lean protein, not only does it fill you up and is it good for you, it's good for you in terms of muscle preservation and muscle building. So we love that. Um, the other one that I love, I love this for me. I love this for everyone. I love this for um, Carmen, who's on the podcast. You guys can listen to it. Um, she's on the latest top 10 podcast. But once you have been through your dieting phase, eat more calories and not just to burn them off, get used to eating more and actually waiting for your weight to stabilize. And, um, you know, it's not going to kill you. Obviously, you don't want to overconsume to the point where you put weight back on, but it doesn't have to be a weight on weight off thing. Think like a bodybuilder where you will go into a season where you improve your physique. You eat to do that. So you eat to train. If you think about it like that, that's a really nice way to have a better relationship with food. You think, okay, I need to eat this food so then I can push these numbers in the gym. And um, you will be very disappointed in yourself if you don't keep that up because uh, that's the way that you improve your physique after you've done all the dieting. There's only so long we can diet for. And I want women to understand that because I think it's, they're starting to and I think it's great and I think that there's a lot more resources out there, but if you could just take that away, you can't be in a diet phase forever. So the way to combat that is to set yourself some targets in the gym, hit that gym and eat that food. Okay. And still, I also recommend to just eat more of the foods that we have on the plan. I don't think that there's any point in going absolutely crazy and eating everything in the world because it's too hyper palatable. It's too likely to lead you to overconsume. I think that, you know, eat, just eat more, eat more rice, eat more chicken, eat more of the foods that you know are going to help you build that physique that you want. Um, the next one I've got is just to indulge myself, which is lift heavy weights. We don't, heavy is different for everyone, but the feeling of getting a personal best um, is, I reckon, unbeatable. And for me, it's it's better than being on the stage, you know. I mean, everyone raves on about being on the stage. For me, lifting in the gym and walking out and just even like half a kilo, you know, the tiny little plates, anything, you know, that I've done better than before is way more exciting to me than um, standing up on stage in a bikini, which is also cool and a really good achievement. I've, I love doing that and I'll certainly do it again. But there's nothing like lifting just to that point where you know that you have killed it. So that's a really good one as well. Not all the time. But just if you haven't ever tasted that, even get yourself a, a PT and have a cycle of doing that, you know, where you actually really focus on that strength training. And it is so empowering as a woman and, and a man, but I'm just seem to be talking to women. I'm not exactly sure why, maybe because I am one, I don't know. Um, learn also now on the flip side, how to include less nutritious food in your life and feel okay about it and move on and how to fit it in without um, having a massive binge forever, how to socialize with people. It's really important because that's how it becomes your life. That's how it becomes your lifestyle. And that's how you can become sustainable. I don't think any single person that's listening to this is like, okay, I'm going to go into this to get better, but I'm going to also, I'm going to accept that I'm going to get worse after it. Nobody's got the intention right now to do that. So let's nip that in the bud. Um, yeah, I always think planning your meals is good. I really do. So that's another habit that you can take from the challenge. Um, drinking more water, you can't go wrong with that. Um, obviously, there are some people that go, I'm drinking five litres a day and you go, okay, well, I don't necessarily, unless you are a marathon runner or you're in a very hot climate, I don't think, I think there's a limit. But, um, you know, it's not the be all and end all, but it certainly helps to be hydrated. 
Um, and it just sets up good habits. And also, yeah, knowing that nothing is permanent. So just like this great physique isn't permanent unless you look after it, a bad physique, you know, or feeling bad is not permanent. So if you stuffed up, quote unquote, or you got sick, all of that sort of thing, it is completely fixable. So just say you overspent something, you wouldn't close your entire bank account down, would you? You would have to find a way to make it back. So that's sort of like this. You just have to keep going. So if you stuff up, you keep going. Um, next one is, yeah, get into the habit of going for walks. Do it as a social thing. I know that you guys, you get your little family together and someone's in a pram and there's dog somewhere and someone else is, uh, you know, with another baby or walking. And you guys get out there as a family. And that's what Shane and I, we like to do our walks together. I walk with my mum. I have it stack and do a uh, listen to a podcast or something like that and go on my own. But walking is something that I really um cherish as time so I don't think about it as um, something that I have to do it's just something exciting to do and get out there and breathe the fresh air walking is free I was just talking to someone about that today so yeah walking is something that you can always do I would be incorporating that in and I wouldn't resent having to get steps because I think that it's really important to move your body and we are very very likely to sit down at our desks and not do much all day so um, I think walking is very important um, yeah, so I've said the strength goals, that's very, very important. And yes, my final one, it's it's a hard one to take. At first, people are going to tell you how great you look, okay, because that's obvious because you've lost weight. And then suddenly you won't hear it anymore and you'll think, oh, gosh, have I gone backwards? It's a funny thing. It plays with your mind. Your mind takes a while to catch up with your body. And if you're relying on those dopamine hits of reassurance all the time, when, it, when they dry up, what have you got? So it's great when people give you good feedback, but you have to start to work on yourself and um, start to accept that your body has changed and that you won't go back to how you were. So um, I think relying on the external approval needs to shift after you've had that, especially if you, you do really well in the challenge, you know, you, you kind of, you want people to constantly, um, you know, notice and stuff like that. But the thing is, it does dry up. So what are you going to do when no one's watching? The end. <laughs> what are you going to do when no one's watching? Mm. I think that's just the, the quote of the podcast, Nick. Oh, thanks. All right. Well, I expect that to be the actual title of the podcast. Well, then. done. Makes my, makes my job a lot easier. But Nick, I think you've gone through lots of just some really really good advice for for people from a range of different areas um and i think if we build these habits into our uh you know just day-to-day -day routines you know that that, that ultimately is long-term success and success of course looks different to every every person um but ultimately what we want is for these behaviors to become you know, unconscious. We want these behaviors just to become who we are, where we, it's part of our identity and what we do. And, and many of these things on our list are things that, you know, you, myself, many challenges out there, long-term challenges out there, uh, just, just, just do, you know, we, we are physically active. We go for walks. It's just part of what, what, what is normal for us. We mm. drink plenty of water. We know how to incorporate foods that aren't just chicken, broccoli and rice into our diets. Um, we always build our meals around like lean sources of protein uh, and, you know, really trying to moderate things like our stress levels and our, our quality of sleep and our overall health. Um, and when we can make these things just the norm, that's when 
it becomes easy, right? That's when you don't have to think about it. And that's when you could spend more of your mental energy just enjoying life. And if you're not there yet, that's okay. Because right now, if you're just starting your fitness journey, you might have to put in a little bit more effort to do these things. Okay, yeah, I've got to, I've got to make some effort to go for a walk or, or, or make some effort in the gym to learn this technique or make some effort in... Um, in the kitchen so that I can, uh, you know, add some protein to my meal. But soon that becomes really easy. And soon this is just something that we, we do and we maintain and we enjoy for the rest of our life. Uh, so enjoy that the journey, that transition phase. But remember, we are trying to find these, find ways for these things to become the norm again. That's right. Because I think that that we love the idea of of what the challenge is about, which is really just you know, you want to get into the absolute best shape ever. But we also really love the idea of you being able to sustain that. So they're the little keys and secrets of the fitness industry. Secrets of the fitness industry. That's another title for the podcast. Um, yeah, that that really, well, you actually see a lot of people trying to tell people this, but it's just so obvious that people sometimes miss it. Mm. No, so good. Mm. Nick, I want to take the... Uh... The little microphone now, a little soapbox, and I want to take everyone through a speed run, a speed run of the metabolism. Let's do okay, it. Let's do it. So, um, firstly, we just need to break down what this thing is, and it's often referred to as, you know, the metabolism, right? As if it's a thing, and often it's referred to as maybe like a, a furnace or like something that we burn. It's something. It's often related to like maybe like a fire metabolism, right? And just starting there is is where we need to kind of shift our idea of of metabolism and essentially it's a it's a, it's a process in our body okay in physiology we we actually refer to metabolism as the process it takes to produce energy in the body okay so it's not like it's something that we need to turn on or you know turn up like a dial or something where it's trying to um actually burn something it is simply the the process of producing energy okay now in our metabolism we can produce energy by the process of catabolism catabolism which is um breaking down food in our body and then anabolism which is breaking down body tissues so that's how we can like produce energy inside the body either from food or from tissues okay now Sometimes in marketing fitness world, you know, we're talking about, oh yeah, I'm gonna boost my metabolism or ramp up my metabolism, or you know, I'm gonna do something to my metabolism or the metabolism. Now, whenever we see online, read in a magazine, watch on TV, somebody referring to the metabolism and affecting the metabolism, we're essentially affecting one of three areas. And if it doesn't affect one of these three areas, you can call bullshit on it, okay? So firstly, breaking down how our body, uh, firstly, we need to define like where the uh, energy goes to. That's kind of where we're referring to in our body. So where does our body require this energy, energy expenditure? That's what we're referring to with, with the process of metabolism. Three areas. Firstly, we have the basal metabolic rate, and this is the big one. Basal metabolic rate makes up 70% of our body, body's energy requirements. Basal metabolic rate is the energy required for you to stay alive. 
So it's the energy your body needs to pump your heart, uh, for your brain to work, for your hair to grow, um, for your, your, your skin to continue growing, for um, you know, your, your uh, muscles to, to grow and function, your immune system to supply itself and all, all the good things in your body. So this is the basic what you need energy to live. And if you were to just wake up and lay in bed all day and then go back to sleep, this is the energy that you require. Now, your basal metabolic rate is very unique to you and dependent on a range of variables. And this is a very quick list. Firstly, we've got things like your height can change your basal metabolic rate. Like, you know, Nick, if I'm taller than you, I'm gonna need more energy because I have more height in me. Um, age can change your basal metabolic rate. If you are older, you need less energy than if you were uh, younger. Gender can change basal metabolic rate, things like genetic factors, hormonal factors, things like the environment can change basal metabolic rate. And what we refer to this as um, maybe cold environments might need different energy requirements to hot environments. If you are unwell, you might need different energy requirements to if you are feeling fit and healthy. Some drugs can, can influence uh, energy expenditure requirements. This is under the umbrella of the basal metabolic rate. So even drugs like uh, nicotine and, and, and caffeine can affect our um, basal metabolic rate. And under the umbrella of our basal, body, basal metabolic rate, BMR, is if you have history of things like crash dieting can affect our, our basal metabolic rate. So why is this important? Well. It makes up a huge chunk. 70% of our metabolism comes from our BMR. Okay, that's the first thing we need to appreciate. Moving on from our BMR, we look at physical activity, PA, physical activity, and this makes up about 20% of our overall metabolism. Okay, BMR, 70%. Physical activity, 20%. Now, within physical activity, we can actually break it down even, even further. We could break it down into uh, exercise activity thermogenesis, EAT, or non-exercise activity thermogenesis, or NEAT. Okay, so we're talking about uh, exercise uh, expenditure versus non-exercise uh, expenditure in physical activity, okay? Now, Nick, I'm gonna ask you, and you know the answer, so it's a bit of a, a rhetorical question. Out of the two types of physical activity, either exercise or non-exercise physical activity, which one do you think requires more energy for our body to produce um non-exercise that's correct yes so uh you know when we look at our physical activity the requirements of our body to produce energy non-exercise activity has a far greater demand of energy than exercise activity and you know some some of you might be thinking oh geez steve that that doesn't make a lot of sense you know i go and do a, a workout and then I'm, I'm i'm burning energy i'm expending energy in my workout yes true but you spend a lot more energy throughout the day completing non-exercise tasks and we call it neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis and these are things like uh, when you wake up you, you need to get out of bed so you roll out of bed you walk to the bathroom you, you go to the toilet you, you brush your teeth you brush your hair you go to the kitchen you start making breakfast you know you walk in i don't know you grab a grab a fry pan and you crack an egg and you go to the sink and all the things these activities take up a lot of energy compared to uh exercise energy expenditure okay um, which is one reason why in the challenge we talk a lot about our step count because that's a way that we're trying to quantify our needs by gathering how many steps we do because that's a very close correlation you do more steps you've probably done more physical activity than if you did a smaller amount of steps okay sure if you maybe um 
worked at a desk and you're moving your arms all day, okay, you might have expended some energy there, sure, but actually walking is a way that we can quantify it and is a very strong correlation to physical activity. So we have BMR 70%, physical activity 20%. Within physical activity, um, you know, three quarters of it would be coming from, from NEATS or 15% of the total metabolism, and then about 5% coming from our EAT or exercise activity thermogenesis. So what is left is what's called the thermic effect of food. So we have 10% of our metabolism going to the thermic effect of food. Now, different macronutrients require different amounts of energy to actually break down. Okay, so when you consume foods that contain proteins versus foods that contain carbohydrates and foods contain uh, fats, your body actually needs to break down those uh, tissues so that it can be turned into energy. Okay, the highest macronutrients uh, that, that, that has the largest effect of uh, energy requirements is protein. Okay. Depending on the, the text you read or the literature you read, it's anywhere between 20 to 30% of the protein consumed is expended by a breakdown of the protein. So getting some numbers around it, one gram of protein is around four calories of energy. It takes almost a quarter of that just to break down the protein. So if you are consuming, you know, four, like one gram of protein or four calories, you're really only uh, absorbing about three calories of that because it takes quite a bit of energy to break down that protein. In contrast to carbohydrate, carbohydrate is about 10 to 15% in the thermic effect of food. So, you know, around it's maybe 10%. So you lose about 10% of the energy when consuming a, car a carbohydrate. One gram of carbohydrate is four calories. So you lose a small amount there. And then when, when it comes to fats, when you're consuming um, fatty acids, uh, again, depending on the literature, you look at anywhere between zero to 5%. It's a very small amount of, of fat. Uh, so what this means is that if you were to consume foods that were higher in protein content or a higher protein diet, you are likely having a higher uh, thermic effect of food, TEF, than if you were consuming a diet that's really high in fats uh, in, in contrast between the two. Now, now that we kind of understand it a little bit, we've got the BMR 70%, physical activity 20%, thermic effect of food 10%. When we look at our energy expenditure or you know the metabolism, energy expenditure, and we're trying to lose weight, all we need to do is look at the uh, metabolism. What can I alter in that area so that I can increase my energy expenditure? What out of those three compartments can I change to uh, expend more energy so that I could tip the scales to move myself into an energy deficit? Okay, of course, within the scales, we're talking about energy consumed versus energy expend, uh, spent. Energy consumed, of course, coming from either the food that we eat or the uh, breaking down body tissues. And hopefully we are uh, consuming less food, breaking down some body tissues, breaking down some um, uh, fatty acids within the body so that we can lose some body fat, great. But then on the other side, we're trying to look at ways that we can increase our energy expenditure. Of those three areas, we can see you know, one that's really big. We've got one big rock in there, the basal metabolic rate, 70%. And if I was going to put any effort into my metabolism, I'd probably go straight for the big rock, 70%. You know, I could sit there and look at my thermic effect of food and try to eat more protein. Okay, I can make a small effect, you know, 10%. 
in my physical activity, I can try to go to the gym more uh, and increase my uh, energy expenditure by, you know, 5%, you know, that small little, little tip of the iceberg, or maybe try to do more steps, maybe 15%. Okay, can I change my needs a little bit? But when I look at my BMR, great, well, what can I change there? A lot of those things I can't change. I can't change my height. I can't change my age. Well, I can't go backwards in time. I can't change my gender. A lot of things I can't change my BMR, but there's one thing I can affect my BMR, Nick. And that is how much muscle mass I have, how much lean body mass I hold, uh, which is primarily why we focus on resistance training. because so we're trying to affect our BMR. We're trying to affect the big rock, the 70% of our metabolism, so that we increase the total amount of energy expenditure that we can produce. When we increase our basal metabolic rate, we see an increase in our needs. We see an increase in our um uh, exercise activity thermogenesis, our overall physical activity goes up because we, requ we require more energy to do activities. So Nick, I'm currently about 100 kilos, a little bit heavier than you. I probably take a little bit more energy to go and do activities like go for a walk than you would because I need to move a lot more mass of Coach Steve. So if, if your goal is to lose body fat and in a bigger sense, lose body weight, you may find that by going through a, um, a weight gaining phase where you're building more muscle is more optimal for long-term success because you're gaining more muscle mass so that you increase your overall energy expenditure. So you increase the amount of uh, energy that your body needs. So then you can eat more food uh, and be heavier, have more muscle. You develop this awesome physique. So it's this positive feedback loop rather than trying to be in a, in a negative feedback loop where you're trying to lose body weight uh, and, and decrease our metabolism over time. Okay. So the main takeaway, Nick, is we uh, do need to rethink the process of metabolism where our body gets energy without thinking of the metabolism as you know a fire something we're going to turn up something that could be switched off something that could be delayed or i need to trigger it by doing an activity it's something our body does you know it's it's a, it's a physiological response of production of energy we can start to break it down in different components and that can help to dictate the strategy that we employ to make significant changes in our body. Nick, metabolism in a nutshell. So you cannot break it. No, you can't break your metabolism. You can't stop it. Um, look, I think there, there, there is components where we can alter it to 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 change it into a less optimal form so i briefly mentioned it in changing our basal metabolic rate bmr and talking about things like crash dieting you know you can see adaptations and changes um to our energy expenditure through extreme dieting protocols yeah and that might be what individuals are relating to when they I don't know, stuff up their metabolism, really strong and powerful words. Uh, that might be what we're referring to, um, but it's, it's, it's an ongoing thing. You know, you don't turn it off. Your body does it. Um, you know, when you think about it, when you don't think about it, when you're sleeping, when you're awake, it, it goes through metabolism because you need uh, energy to do life. One more thing, just one more thing. So therefore, um, if that's one factor that we can influence, then we want to be optimally fueled for our training, don't we? Our weight training. That's right. We want to be um, getting the best bang for our buck when we're going through um, resistance training. And that means that we are adequately fueled for our resistance training sessions. Um, and that's both for 
optimal muscle gaining opportunities, but then also for performance aspects, right? So if you uh, may put yourself in the shoes of like a, a, a an Olympian, right? You're about to go run the 100 meter sprint here, Usain Bolt, you're in Beijing, you're about to run the, the, the 100 meter dash. Would you want to uh you know be hungry or would you want to be you know pumped up with fuel ready to go and again maybe a rhetorical question you probably want to be adequately fueled and ready to party right um and that's exactly the same as when we are going through training ourselves we would want to be adequately fueled um, prior to a session and then um adequately resupplied so we can recover uh after, after the session's completed that's right, because muscle growth happens outside of the gym, not in the gym. That's right. And here's a fun one for you. When you're actually training your fitness, defined as readiness to complete a task, decreases. So uh, you are probably your weakest in the gym and you're probably breaking down muscle in the gym and you're growing outside of the gym. Awesome. School of Steve. School of Steve, SS. SS. Oh my gosh, can that be the title? School of Steve, no. Uh, no. No. Nick, we've gone through a lot, a lot about long term changes and making, uh, you know, the challenge part of your life. And then we did a speed run of the metabolism. Such a good episode for episode number seven. Oh, absolute gold. So good. Nick, let's wrap up there and I'll catch you next time, episode number eight. Woo. Thanks, Coach Steve. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend. Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.